0: Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host Josh Schaefer. Back again with my two off-season hosts. Why don't you say hi, off-season hosts? What's uh, up, guys? We've a
1: late got. Night pot.
0: We're doing a late-night pod. It's 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. I've got uh, Brian McShay our Matt Kuyper Jr. Brian McShay back. The offseason is wrapping up. We've been so grateful for their efforts in this offseason as Sloan has been studying for the bar, but also really has no idea of who any of the rookies are. So it's some some warranted offseason fill-in. So thanks to both of you for joining. This may be your last pod until we bring you on during the season. I'm not saying that for certain, but there's a chance. So we appreciate it.
1: Yeah. No, happy to fill in. I feel like uh, studying for the bar is just a little bit of a cover for Sloan.
0: Oh yeah. Sloan doesn't know. I mean, if he would, didn't have the bar, I don't think he would have known anything else about the rookies that were getting taken here. So
1: exactly. He's
0: not missing out <sighs> too much. He did want to, he did want to do a pod this week though. And I was like, I gotta do the, I gotta do the the draft recap with the guys who have been here all along. So this
1: is what feels right. Exactly. You guys should do a, uh, a live pod at boys weekend. Uh, previewing the season. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would be some audience
1: participation.
0: Yeah, bring everyone in for like five minutes what they're thinking for their team's Uh, performance for the season. I like that. Just like,
2: yeah, yeah, do do the pod in like a separate room and then just
0: call in one at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to bring the mic down there and we can do like it actually you can do it pretty well in the full room. We did that with Dylan when we recorded, but cool. Well, we got a great pod for you today. Obviously, we just had our rookie draft earlier this week. There was definitely some winners and losers of the draft, in my opinion. We will go over those people. Um, But before we get into that, I think we should just go pick by pick. Look at the first couple rounds. Talk about kind of what went into it, our thoughts on it. I have our mock pulled up from just after the NFL draft happened. So I think it'll be fun to compare where we landed uh right after the NFL draft. You have Desmond Ritter in the top 10, which is always a fun one to, to look back <laughs> on. Spoiler alert, but whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. So I think we can go ahead and jump in. Brian, I think first pick was super obvious. Brees Hall. Um, you know, we had we had mocked him there. I think, I think everybody had been mocking him there, even pre-draft. So it was kind of an obvious pick. Things got a little bit more surprising when you took Drake London second overall. You mentioned you'd been thinking it for about a month, but just lying to everybody about it. Did you tell Matt Kuyper Jr. anybody in the loop, or was this kept close to the chest up until draft day?
1: No, I Matt uh, Matt Kuiper Jr. did a great job, uh, you know, vetting his sources and, and uh, getting the inside scoop. He's I, I had not told him anything, and I think I had probably. Um, laid probably a thicker trail to Matt than I had to anybody else just because I, I feel like I knew the power he had with, uh, with those, <laughs> those mock drafts. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was going with Kenny Pickett to me all the way up until that very last one. So it was kind of a, a last second change. So I'm impressed, but, uh, yeah, to me it was, I, I, I honestly was would have taken Kenny Pickett up until about a month or so ago. Um, but then, you know, just, I, was able to pick up Geno Smith. And even though I don't necessarily know that Geno <laughs> Smith is a long-term starter, he is at least going to start the year, at least in a competition, he has a chance. And then, you know, I, I feel like there's enough injuries at quarterback throughout the course of a year that, you know, I might be able to scrape my way through it. And if things really get desperate, you know, maybe I overpay for a starter during the season, but you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I just felt like I, I couldn't pass up on a talent like Drake London. Uh, for you know, uh, a middling starting quarterback.
0: I don't blame you for that, Matt. You had switched the mock up. You had London going second overall. I feel like your mock was probably pretty accurate. Um, so I
2: I actually have my mock pulled up, and I was like scrolling through really quick, and all my best round was round three. Really? I think wow. I got all I got all ten picks in the third round, like correct, not in the exact order but picks 20 through 21 through 30, I got correct. It was kind of bonkers.
0: Wow. Wow. That's very surprising. The John Mechie going in the third was a little surprising to me. I know you had him like three, two in your mock, but, or something like that, but what made you change your mind on Brian? Was this more of just like, I know we had been playing with Brian in our five, five mock that I have here. We had Burks going second overall. So I'd also like to talk about why Brian was like, I'm going London here. But first you, Matt, what what made you go London number two, um, despite all signs leading to Kenny Pickett second overall?
2: Yeah. So really, it was two things that made me say London number two Um, from prior conversations. I had known from Brian that like London was his favorite wide receiver in the class. Um, But again, he was kind of making it like this little dream scenario. Like, oh, man, I love Drake London, but I just don't think. This was also back when, like, Brian had picks, you know, one, two, four, five, you know, when Brian the first round, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I might like go haul and pick it, and then if London's there, like, that would be so awesome, like, I really hope Dylan doesn't take him, kind of thing, so I knew he was a London fan, but the biggest reason for me putting London 2, I was like, you and I gave him, you know, our little piece of advice go London 2, and I was like, I really... Honestly, feel like Brian would take that to heart. I don't think he, you know, that was my main reason for putting one there. I was like, I'm going to follow up on my own advice, and do what I think he should do, and he mm-hmm. did that. So,
0: yeah, I. I didn't think Brian would be like make the decision because I told him to. I maybe even thought that would make him less inclined to make it, but maybe (laughs) you, (laughs) you Matt had a little bit more influence than I did. Brian, what made you go London over? Like, I think probably maybe the only other two people that would be considered there were probably Burks or Ken Walker. What made you go London over those two?
1: Um, to me, Ken Walker was a little bit of overkill just having Brees Hall already. I And I just – running backs have such shorter shelf lives than wide receivers that I, I, I didn't really want to double dip with 1-1 and 1-2 going with multiple uh, running backs. Um, and then versus Traylon Burks, I – to me, there's just like – there's been a little bit too much smoke with Burks uh, and like, you know, coming out of camp with some – you know, Potential issues. It seems like he's better. It seems like he's, uh, you know, kind of gotten past that. But, um, you know, on the flip side, you haven't heard any of that with London. And then just in, in watching uh, London's tape at USC, like, I, I just feel like he's got, um, he's got this, uh, like, kind of Mike Evans ish mold to him, where he's, you know, he, he can be a possession receiver, he can be kind of an over the middle guy, but he's got, he's got speed. He's got separation. Like he can go up and and win kind of at the point of attack. So um, to me, I feel like he's kind of a best, you know, you know, very well-rounded wide receiver. So it was what wanted me led me to, to wanting to take him. And then I just think, um, you know, this first year is probably going to be rough. Like I don't necessarily expect him to be anything more than maybe a flex player towards the middle or end of the season, but um you know, if Atlanta can figure out their quarterback situation in the next couple of years, I think he's, you know, got a pretty high upside and I think he's going to have a pretty high target share. Um, just, you know, Kyle Pitts is awesome. And, but outside of that, at this point, there's not a ton, you know, ton of competition for targets. Yeah.
0: I think those are good reasons. I mean, I have no problem with London as the number two pick. A lot of mocks I saw had Hall, London as one, two. So It's pretty common. I feel like this is a good like segue into kind of the conversation of for us who are more into dynasty, the difficulty of dealing with camp news and just like all I've never paid attention to it up until this year. But I feel like every like every time I see a piece of camp news like today, I was like. I texted on good. I was like, "Hey, what, what 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 would it take to get Romeo dabs? You know, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, yep. but I was like, "I was like, Aaron Rodgers had some some nice things to say about Romeo." Yeah, so it's kind of, of- hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard though. It's like in the Traylon stuff early on. You know, I'm sure in a couple of years we'll look back on ourselves and be like, "Oh, you just can't listen to the camp news. You really just need to turn off Twitter." But there were some questionable things, and I think that takes us to pick number three with Traylon Burks, Matt. I know. You had been eyeing Traylon. I love Traylon. You know, I think he has the chance to step in and be number one from the start on that team. Uh, we're pretty disappointed to see Dylan take Traylon. I think that was surprising for me uh, personally. How did you feel?
2: Um, I think for me, it was disappointment from just like a personal standpoint. Um, You know, I feel like I was pretty outspoken in my love for Traylon Burks. Um, for many of the same reasons that Brian talks about, you know, with Drake London, um, but especially on like a draft night trade where Tennessee moves off of their go-to guy to now draft a guy, like he is being gifted the keys to, you know, the Porsche that is Titans um, from a receiver standpoint. So, um, my my biggest thing, I think. I'm not overly upset because I think Kenneth Walker helps me out more from a now standpoint, like in trying to compete. I think he fits my team, like the need of my team better than what Burks would have been. Um, And I also, you know, I think Burks is a couple of years away from like really exploding out because in all honesty, Tennessee's probably not throwing the ball a ton if they're Henry's healthy. So, you know, he's kind of capped on that aspect, but. I do think it would have been cool to like have had AJ Brown, watch him get traded, and then get like the AJ Brown 2.0,
0: like have both on my roster. Yeah, you sound a bit sad, honestly, as I'm hearing you talk right now. It's like a bit of like, you know, like um, just like convincing yourself that Ken Walker is like a fine pick, which I think Kenneth Walker is a good. I mean, hitting him at four, I'm not. I'm not. I'm also
2: kind of Kim's asleep, so I'm not trying to, to talk overly loud to wake her up. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, there is um, like I said, from a personal standpoint, I'm disappointed I couldn't get Traylon Burks from uh, the needs of my fantasy team. I think Kenneth Walker is the guy that helps me out. Yeah. So,
0: You have any thoughts on the Ken Walker, Traylon Burks mix up? Would you have gone Traylon
1: at three, Brian, as well? Um. Yeah, probably I think so. I think my my only fear with Traylon Burks is like when when was the last time that you saw uh like a Tennessee wide receiver have like consistent year in, year out success for any kind of extended period of time. Um, you know, I just feel like that even pre Derrick Henry, that offense didn't necessarily support top notch fancy wide receivers. AG Brown, you know, obviously had had a good year, year or two mixed in there, but um, to me, that's my only fear with Burks, but I think, you know, given the options on the board, that's the, that's, you know, where you want to go. Um, and yeah, I think Kenneth Walker is a good, you know, a good backup plan for Matt. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't have any other thoughts on that. I think it's a, a fine pick by Dylan fine. I mean, Matt, the obvious pick, I mean, maybe Garrett Wilson. I know. I mean, I think he's like a very good talent and I think, w- and, and it transitions well. Cause Mike had the next two picks at five and six. I think you had to take Gary Wilson and Jamison Williams. Like personally, I don't think there was any of like those two guys were the next two off the board for sure. Especially for somebody like Mike's team.
1: Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, you just can't leave those kind of talents on the board. Um, And Jamison Williams was always a perfect fit for Mike's team. Um, You know, Mike's not, you know mike's actively not looking to compete this year jameson williams you know who knows when they they bring him back so i think that made a lot of sense and then to me it's like i just can't justify chris olave sky Moore, jahan Dotson, and george figgins anybody over jameson williams or Garrett wilson so to me those were you know rush the card to the desk type picks yeah
0: I don't even, yeah, Mike just immediately was like, I'm taking these two guys, and there was no offers that came through. Yeah, I think pick seven is where there was probably a bit of surprise. I think we were all expecting Austin. I was yelling in the draft, Austin, do not take Pickett," And that was really just because I wanted to fuck with Mike's draft strategy because I felt like Mike wanted Austin to take Pickett so badly. And he was already probably disappointed that Pickett didn't go at two. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, Austin, don't take Pickett take Chris Olave. I think Olave was the best non like I think Pickett could have easily gone here, but Olave was the best player left on the board. Um, so Austin goes Olave here. What was your reaction both from an Austin taking the pick, but also from the fact that now basically Pickett has to be taken in the next two picks of which Mike holds and probably doesn't want to take. Were you considering that at the time? Either of you have any thoughts on that?
2: I will say I was very shocked that Austin didn't go pick it, um, but I do appreciate the statement he made, like when he drafted Olave. And I was like, you know, we have that third flex spot now in the grand scheme of things, having that depth to rotate in those flex spots is going to be like more impactful for him this season to help him be competitive as opposed to, you know, like him having a week where he only starts one quarterback because of a buy or whatever, like, you know, you can have a bad week and still make the playoffs or like, you know, sneak into that like four spot, as long as you're like putting up stuff. And, you know, I think Olave has the ability and the potential in that new Orleans offense to put up some pretty solid numbers. So.
1: Yeah. I think that um, I'm, I I feel very much the same way as Matt. Like Austin knows what he's talking about when it comes to fantasy. Like I, I, you know, I think he's he's really smart about how how he handles his team. I I feel like it's kind of the you know conservative approach versus the aggressive approach. Like the conservative approach is to take picket and you know hopefully have your bye weeks covered and you know not ever have to to start only one quarterback. Um, And it's probably what I would have done in his position, but I can't fault him at all you know to Matt's point for being aggressive with And especially I mean like you know Austin was a playoff team last year I'd say you know there's there's probably only one maybe two teams that are you know definitively better than him like you know we all have our, our different rankings but like I think you can make an argument that Austin's a top top two or three teams so why not why not be aggressive with it
0: yeah. I think you're, you both make good points. I mean, it was an aggressive pick. I think personally, if I was Austin, like Brian said, I would have taken Pickett there. I just think it was a blessing to Austin that Pickett fell there because he only has two quarterbacks. So he's going to likely have to trade for a quarterback this year at some point, like the odds that both quarterbacks play all 16 games bye weeks, whatever, you know, I think he'll have to trade for one. And then also when you look forward to next year, his team is pretty good, right? Like it's it's still a decent enough team. And so that means he probably won't be early enough in the draft next year to get one of the top guys. So the the day of reckoning is coming for when you would need a quarterback. I don't think Pickett is a great prospect by any stretch. Um, but you know he's probably going to start at some point and picking good quarterbacks is a very challenging thing to do, but yeah, I think I would have gone Pickett. I loved it from just like a making the draft fun perspective. You could tell as soon as Austin picked Alave, like Mike's face was like, oh shit, like this is not what I wanted. And I think it is a good transition into the next pick, Sky Moore, which I thought was a great pick. I'm really high on Sky, even outside of being on the Chiefs, which is, you know, doesn't get much better than that. And Mike now owns all of the Chiefs receivers. So, Odds are he'll probably get some payoff there. He takes Sky Moore, trades away the, the the ninth pick for what I think was a questionable haul, considering the desperation of Brian at that point. Um, Brian, give me your thoughts on eight and nine. I feel like we can group them together. Sky Moore, and then what did you think of Mike's? I mean, obviously you're a little biased because it was a huge win for you, but what did you think of the trade um, to get to nine and grab Pickett?
1: Yeah, um love the Sky Moore pick. I think that makes a lot of sense especially for Mike's team. Um and I you know especially like him having all the Chiefs wide receivers because I feel like the Chiefs are at least in the past have been a fairly predictable fantasy team. Um there's not, you know, it, I I don't really think he's going to run into the problem after maybe week 2 or week 3 of, you know, trying to guess which Chiefs wide receiver you know gets the most targets type thing. Um in terms of the trade, that was uh, I had no. I had n- honest. I can honestly say it never crossed my mind that I would be trading back into the first round at number nine. I specifically held two two um, with the uh, with the idea that I would be taking Desmond Ritter at two two and just kind of solidifying my backup. You know, having my handcuff with Marks Mariota, and so that was why I was so like Josh. You and I had had a lot of trade discussions where you were trying to get two, two, or, you know, you were involving two, two in deals. And I was like, that was one I was not budging on because to me that was the perfect spot. I would, it'd be overdrafting Desmond Redder, but I, you know, I was okay with that. And, but then I was like, well, shoot, here we are at, at one nine and like, you know, QB one and quotation marks is, is still on the board somehow. And I'm like, I think there, you know, I, I also just kind of, you know, and looking at the board and having had conversations with Mike, I kind of had a feeling that there wasn't going to be anybody that he was, he was happy to take here. Uh, And he and I went back and forth. I mean, you guys saw on the call, we were talking on the phone for probably like eight of the 10 minutes on, on the clock there. And, and it was, it was essentially like, I texted him three or four times and he hadn't been responding. I think PZ had been trying to deal one eight. And then eventually I just, got, you know, I was like, I got to force this through. And so I just called him and, uh, you know, we went back and forth about a lot of different things. He was he really wanted to get, um, he really wanted to get 2-2 and he really wanted to get, you know, or he really wanted to get a future first. Um, it was kind of like we were revolving between, you know, a deal that centered around 2 a deal that centered around like a 2024 first or a deal that centered around Elijah Moore were kind of the three, three big pieces that we were considering and essentially just each time I just kept saying, you know, I'm not part, you know, I'm not parting with 2024 first. I'm not parting with Elijah Moore in this. Like, you know, and, and we kind of toyed back, toyed back and forth, like, you know, around, around what we might do. And I I think at the end of the day, like I'm not trying, you know, everybody's got to make decisions for their own team, but I kind of feel like Mike was, you know, up against the clock with two minutes left and had to kind of make a call if you wanted to draft somebody he wasn't happy with or go with, you know, with my deal. So um, it worked out well. I was really happy for, I mean, to walk out of the first round with Breeze Hall, Drake London, and Kenny Pickett, I was over the moon. And
0: still have pick
1: 2 2. Yeah, exactly. And hold on to 2 2.
0: I can't believe it. I can't believe, one, you weren't willing to trade your 24 first because I think that in and of itself would have been like a fine deal to move back two years in the draft. But like, man, I feel like this was a swindling. Like 210 and a 24 second. And MBS, who I don't think – I think MBS is like a – like he's like an – he's a bench – like a bench-filling prayer, right? Like all these receivers that we add. Matt, what did you think about the trade as a as a not a party not involved?
2: Um, my biggest thing was how Brian was able to not include two two. I know. I can't believe it. I thought two they 2 were, two
0: ten. I know.
2: Right. When they when they were on the phone, my gut was that like Mike was trying to get like two two and two ten. And Brian was going back and like, nah, I, I want to keep two ten. Like, that's what I figured the like hang up was is that. Mike wanted multiple seconds and like, he was like, just give them to me now. And Brian was like, I want to hold on to you know, the back end because I've got a guy I'm looking at and, you know, we'll go to future stuff. And when Sloan was going off the list and he's like, yeah, there's a 20, 24 second and about this scantling. And then the, you know, whatever he said, the 20th pick in the draft, I was like 20, like what? So I,
0: I wish I could have been there because I would have offered something better than that. I would have given like 2-8 in my 20-24 my second round pick for that. That was shocking.
2: Right. I mean, I just, I just really wish I could have like been a fly on the wall just for the entire conversation. And just like, especially from Mike's perspective, just be, like I want to know like the, I don't want to say necessarily panic that was going through his head. But just like the like the the the, oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like I'm gonna have to take either I'm gonna have to take Pickett right here, or you know get a wide receiver that I you know on his
1: rankings maybe he didn't like as much or I think or I think though like something I I do you know like I did come out of that trade feeling like I won I did you know think that that was a really good deal for me but I also feel like it's important to consider from Mike's perspective of, you know, if you're sitting at one nine and if we're looking at his team and your options are draft Kenny Pickett, like Jahan Dotson, George Pickett's James Cook, Damian Pierce, like those are fine, but they don't necessarily excite you at one nine. And so it's like part of me wonders, I I like I don't want to call it desperation. Like I don't want to say you, you know, that it was like panic or anything, but I, part of me does feel like it was like, you know what, I, I'm just not happy with what I've got here. I'd rather just, you know, get out of, get out of this pick and, and, you know, push, push my, you know, options down the road till, you know, 2024 and stuff. I'm honestly more surprised Mike didn't just go ahead and draft Kenny
2: Pickett.
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And then just
2: dangle him over your head, Brian. Austin's head,
0: Brian's head. yeah, Yeah. Just like,
2: I feel like he could have given it like a week or two, like especially, you know, we talk about this camp news, especially if like because literally like the day of the draft, it was like, you know, Mitch Trubisky's job to lose. And I got a bleacher report update literally like either last night or today that said, like Mitch Trubisky struggles in camp
0: for 16 from the two yard line.
2: (laughs) Right. Like, you know, I'm like all, all Mike needed was some Kenny Pickett hype. And then he's like, hey, man, he's about to start like every game. Like, are you sure you don't want the starter? Like, yeah. And boom, it's more for his buck. So I think that was, I think that was the biggest shock for me is that he took that deal when I think he could have taken Pickett and like gotten a better deal past. But, you know, it's,
0: you know, this is a podcast. We're all friends. So I don't want to hurt feelings too badly. Um, But this was an absolute panic trade. No doubt in my mind. This was, this was a draft Michael never saw coming that Pickett would be available there. And he never wanted Pickett all, he never wanted David Bell. All he wanted was somebody else to take Pickett. And so he could get, you know, maybe one of, you know, maybe he was getting a and Sky Moore. probably that even wasn't his ideal scenario either. He probably wanted Pickett to go second and then he gets Ken Walker or whatever. Yeah. At pick four and the receivers fall as they do, but yeah, absolute blindside. Mike panics sells for 75 cents on the dollar. Maybe even that, I mean, you're two years out, a second round pick two years out. We don't even know what the 24 draft is. Brian's team could actually be good by then. This is a lesson for everybody in the league. When you're a bad team, just take the best player available. Do not feel like you have to get something done on draft night. Just take what's best. Things will work out. A quarterback will always be worth something in our league. We saw Teddy Bridgewater get traded for a second round pick last year. Literally a garbage quarterback. Sam Darnold, a first, and Juju Smith-Suster. These quarterbacks will be worth something. Just take them when they're available to you. That's my advice. That's my thought.
1: No hard feelings, Mike. (laughs) Mike is going to quit the league after hearing this podcast. No, I know Mike
0: I know Mike won't quit the league. So that's why that's the only reason. <laughs> if this was somebody like it, you know, I'm not going to put any names down there cuz I don't want to ruin any more relationships beyond this one. Mike did text me today saying that he's the team he wants to succeed the third least, the third most in the league. So I won't reveal any of the other teams. Maybe that's for a later podcast, but
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, we spent a lot of time on Mike's picks. I'm not going to, you know, we'll maybe talk about him later in the winners and losers of the pod. um, Maybe, but we can keep going. 10th pick Jahan Dotson. Fine pick. I think it was either him or Pickens there personally, maybe James Cook, but I think I'm taking the receivers. The Buffalo backfield feels a little weird to me. And James Cook isn't a three down back. He's not built like one. And so it feels maybe better to take a reach on one of those receivers rather than going for a running back. What did you guys think?
2: I like the Dotson pick. I think it's team, like I think his biggest need was wide receiver Dotson being the last of the first round in the actual NFL draft as well. Like obviously Washington has some high hopes for him. Um, and like, he's not going to, he's not, the expectation for him isn't to come out and be the number one. Cause they just paid, you know, they gave Terry the, scary, Terry, the bag. So I think, I think he's going to, a nice spot. Obviously you don't love Carson Wentz throwing him the football. um, But I think it was, I think it was the, the best wide receiver available. um, That's like going to be given a lot of opportunity on his team.
1: Yeah. I would second that. I not necessarily flashy pick, not something that, you know, is, is, super exciting or anything like that, but I think it's, it's the right pick at the spot and fits on good's team. Well, um, but yeah, I had no complaints. Yeah.
0: My only thought was what was kind of weird to me on draft night is I had texted on good the night before saying like, Oh, who are you thinking about at one And he had said Christian Watson. And I was a little excited about that. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. I don't know if I'd take Christian Watson right there. Maybe I would take him like a pick or two afterwards. Um, we can talk about it a little later. It's kind of weird how the opinion on Christian Watson like fell. Like Isaiah Spiller yeah. going above Christian Watson, I think would, I would have never guessed that in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about that later. But just to recap round one, and I'll compare it to our mock we had on 5 5. In the actual draft, we had Brees Hall, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Ken Walker, Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, Alave, Sky Moore, Kenny Pickett, Jahan Dotson. In our mock, we had Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Drake London. So we did get the first three right. Then we had Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Alave, Ritter, and Christian Watson. So we missed on Alave and Christian Watson in the first round. But overall, you know, I think that taking Ritter in the first there was probably a pick Brian would definitely take back. So yep. no no complaints there whatsoever. All right, we'll move on to the second round. I'm there at 2-1. Honestly, I'm not super pumped about what's left on the board. I honestly saw a world in which Sky Moore was still there at 2-1. That was probably a bit um, like big green or flout. Like I was being a bit too optimistic about what was going to be left. Honestly, yeah. on my big board, I had Dotson and Pickens switched up at the 10, 11 turn. So I was going to take whoever's left kind of sucks that they just gave Deontay Johnson money. The camp news about Pickens has been positive. Obviously he has, you know, good breakout age, dominator rating succeeded at Georgia. Hits a lot of the stats. It's a crowded wide receiver room with a beard quarterback. I think this is kind of the story of second round picks. There's a lot of what if so I went Pickens. I could have taken James cook, but I feel like there's a lot of question marks there as well. Kind of a similar player of good quality with some weird question marks on the side. I went George Pickens, either of you have any thoughts on that?
1: I think, um, I think Pickens is, is a good fit for your team, especially overcooked just because I, you don't necessarily need instant contributors. You don't necessarily need, you know, your, your top pick in this draft to step right into your starting lineup. Um, and Pickens feels like a um, high ceiling, low floor type pick where, you know, he, he could definitely break out and be, be awesome. He also could, you know, never mature and, you know, get cut. So like, there's just, it feels like there's a lot of, a lot of ways this can go. And to your point just feels like a lot of different factors that are going to weigh into his success in Pittsburgh. Yeah.
0: Any thoughts, Matt?
2: Um, No, I, I mean, I like, I like Pickens. I personally like him more than, Jahan Dotson in terms of like where I like my personal feelings on the wide receivers go. So, um, which kind of reflected in my mock, I had Dotson going two four and not even like sniff in the first round. But, um, I think Pickens has like one of the highest ceilings. Um, I think probably second highest behind Traylon Burks, but like Brian mentioned, like his floor is pretty low just with, you know, is he going to mature? Can he stay healthy? Um, and can he like beat out some of those guys in Pittsburgh, but you know, to your credit and with your team, like that's a, that's a risk you can take.
0: Yeah. I think the pick would have been James cook. Had I not gotten, uh, Austin Eckler, not tried to Debo for Eckler. I think I would have had to take a running back there just out of like, I would have only had Aaron Jones and Zeke and there would have been no depth in the room. So that was kind of another reason I wanted to move off Debo in the off season is because I didn't want to feel obligated to take a running back at that pick. And James Cook wouldn't have been a reach. Um, You traded actually up to get him, Matt, at 2.2. Brian felt good. He had gotten Pickett, didn't need his quarterback, even ended up getting him at 2.6, which was probably about right, maybe even a little early there. But, Matt, you traded up, you traded 2.6, 3.6, and a fourth for 2.2. It's a fine trade. I think Brian at that point wasn't really interested in James Cook. Probably it was, that's kind of a weird, it was, this was kind of a weird run of players maybe Christian Watson was on the board, but I imagine Brian, you're probably really out on Christian Watson. Super out of people were. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't blame you for that. He's got a super weird profile, Matt. What were you thinking moving up to 2.2 to draft James Cook? Was he really high on your board or did you just see the value there and you didn't really like what you were going to get at two six.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, my expectation really was to, I figured I was going to end up going running back at two, six. Um, and I just kind of saw the opportunity, like, you know, of that stretch, if I'm going to get a running back, I would much rather have cook over Pierce or spiller or white. Um, and you were, you know, spitting off some ideas and like, Oh, I'll give you like this back end of the second and this third. And I was like, well, I'm at six. And I have multiple thirds, like, let me see what Brian, like, if he'd be willing to do that. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth on it and it's, you know, like I said, during draft night, I just think it's funny that Brian like threw in some, like we did like a fourth round pick swap. Cause my initial thing was like, I'll do, you know, I'll do two, six and three, five and we'll just like call it good right there. Yeah. Ryan was really wanting like three one or three two because he Yeah, had
0: three one would have been the... a good one for me, I think on that one. Or three two yeah, whatever would have been a good one for me on that one. I like that one. Yeah.
2: I was like I had I had guys that I was targeting. Yeah uh, right there. So I was like, I'd much rather
1: you know you know way the, the reason why I was like hell bent on getting that fourth two was because I kind of laid out a roadmap for how I would secure all five quarterbacks <laughs> in the draft and I that's was just funny. taxi squad four of them and I literally had and that's why it's like I wanted to get to 3-5 was because I thought I had a chance to get Malik Willis at 3-5 and so I decided you know what I'm going to take Ritter at 2-6, Willis at 3-5, Corral at 4-4, four, four, Sam Hall at 4-6 and just you know because in my mind it's like second through fourth round picks are a little bit of shots in the dark or lottery tickets. So it's like might as well spread myself as wide as possible at the position that matters the most. So um yeah, but anyway, that that was why I was hell bent on getting four or six was I wanted to uh to give myself as many options as I could to get all the quarterbacks.
0: Well, you got all but one, Brian. So not too bad. You did. Yeah. Watch
1: Malik Willis be the Hall of Famer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I like James Cook, honestly, at that pick. And when you consider the fact that Damian Pierce and Isaiah Spiller went right after him back to back picks, this is the this was a confusing these two picks to me felt like I personally, I don't know, I hadn't done a lot of draft research and I just found some mocks that had these guys or some camp news that had these guys playing okay because I'm not out on Damian Pierce. I think he has the opportunity to start this year, but these fourth round r- running backs, like these are, these are reaches, right? Like this is, this is like, they draft a running back the next year in the fourth round too, right? Like there's no guarantees at this yeah. point. I think I kind of grouped these into like one group of like weird picks uh, with Damian Pierce and Isaiah Spiller. Personally, I would have taken Spiller at, like two seven two eight, I was kind of I had him in my range there just because I have Eckler, um, but I was kind of glad almost that he got taken because I don't really love Spiller that much. I don't think he's that good of a prospect. He had, like obviously doesn't have the draft capital to go with it. What did uh, maybe we'll go with Matt first, Matt? What did you think of, of Pierce Pearson Spiller going at two three and two four?
2: Pierce was the one that really surprised me from Dylan. Um, I just didn't. I absolutely expected that to be the Christian Watson. Yeah, like move. I just didn't, I never anticipated Dylan going wide receiver at any point in the draft, like unless it was late, just cause I feel like he has so many, you know, in that like wide receiver, two wide receiver, three, like level of players. Um, and he also has a deep running back room to begin with. That's very youthful. Um, so I just thought like Christian Watson was a prospect that you might as well just like throw a dart at considering you already have Traylon Burks, but the Pierce, the Pierce one really confused me. Um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily hate Isaiah Spiller at no f- what is that five uh, four? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's him. Bongu was really hell bent on a running back. It's him or Rashad White. Um, obviously Rashad White has some value from a pass catching standpoint, but you know, being behind Leonard Fournette is really tough. I know being like a Chargers guy. Um, the chargers want to move Austin Eckler into like less running between the tackles and more outside. Um, so I think Spiller has a faster track to getting some carries. Um, but like you mentioned too, like with these fourth round picks, like there's no guarantee that a team doesn't take another running back. The chargers have literally drafted a running back within the first four rounds in each of the last three drafts with like Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, and now Isaiah Spiller, because they're like searching for that between the tackle guy. So, you know, if Isaiah Spiller doesn't prove it this year, like the Chargers could very well draft another one next year until they get something that sticks, you know? And it's the same thing with Houston. Like if they don't like Damian Pierce's production, they can go out and draft somebody else to replace him next year. So, you know, like I I agree. A weird, weird chunk of picks. The Pierce one
1: is the one that surprised me the most. I don't hate Spiller for on good. I uh to me, Pierce was a reach, but I, I literally would have taken Jalen Tolbert or Alec Pierce up at two three. I'm really high on both of them. And I just I think like we're into a range here in the draft where like, you know, as we've talked about, it's a lot of different factors to get these guys on the field. A lot of stuff has to break right. Their production's gonna be, you know, inconsistent from week to week. But Tolbert and Pierce both feel like they have really fat, you know, really secure uh paths to playing time um so it's like i would have gone with one of them at two three if i could isaiah spiller i could not be more out on i in watching his film uh early on when he was like kind of going back and forth with breeze hall isaiah spiller just looks slow like there were so many plays where he he you know had had great blocking uh from his line and would break out, you know, ten yards past the line of scrimmage, and then just get overwhelmed by the defense. Like, it, I don't really feel like he has any kind of game changing speed. Um, so it's my fear with him is like he's never anything more than kind of a short yardage change of pace, you know, bruiser type back. And I feel like even though that's really important in in real football, uh, not necessarily as important in fantasy. So um, I yeah, I agree. Not a, not a huge fan of either pick. Um, but yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah.
0: I don't mind Isaiah Spiller. I just feel like, and it, you know, at this point, like Christian Watson, just from a draft capital and Im- ambiguity in the wide receiver room. And that was kind of why I went with him at five. Personally, I, I didn't, when I was building my big board beforehand, I did not see a world in which Christian Watson was getting to me at 2.5. I definitely thought he was going to get taken before there. And that's not to say I'm high on him at all. I think he lacks a lot of the things that you look for in a successful wide receiver at the NFL level. You know, he played in FCS never had too high of a dominator rating playing in FCS older coming out of college, but at the same time, you know, When you're getting a really ambiguous wide receiver room in Green Bay, and potentially what could be, yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers there, potentially what could be a good, you know, the number one wide receiver, great draft capital at the 34th pick overall. You know, like I said, and we've said it, we'll say it again, probably too. Second round is just flyers, right? Especially at this point, you're just like, this guy may never play, he may be great. And I think Christian Watson fits the bill as the the perfect kind of guy to take a 2.5, five, especially when, you know, I, I like Jalen Tolbert. I think Alec Pierce, I kind of think Christian Watson of a, just like a better draft capital version of Alec Pierce personally. Um, so I felt good taking Watson there at 2.5. You know, I, I'm not, I, it's definitely not a pick I'm like so excited about. Um, and, and, and I really thought even in pre-draft, I thought there was a chance that Jahan Dotson could even be there at 2.5 just because I wasn't sure what Ongud would do, but happy to take Watson there. Either of you have any other thoughts? I know we talked on Watson a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's
0: the right pick. Mm -hmm. So we go Watson 2-5. Brian takes Ritter at 2-6, obviously fulfilling his plan to get all the quarterbacks. No problem (laughs) with that pick. I think you know, you have Mariota. There's a chance Mariota gets benched this season. I think there's a much smaller chance Ryan Tannehill gets benched and that, you know, whatever. I think he has the better, clearer road to starting. At, I don't think we need to talk about that unless either of you have any thoughts. I think it's pretty clear. Okay. Nope. Then at two, six, and seven, I go Rashad. I feel, I felt very confident Brian was not going to take. I felt. Rashad White, as soon as he said, like, I was like, oh, Brian, who do you like? He was like, Rashad White. I was like, okay, Brian is not taking Rashad White because <laughs> that was who I really wanted at 2.7. Killer profile for Rashad White. Personally, I think he's the best running back out of the Pierce Spiller White. I feel like that was like a tier of running backs in this draft. He definitely has a, a harder road to starting, being behind Leonard Fournette, having just signed a deal, but great receiving upside, super productive, super athletic coming out of Arizona state. And then at 2.8, I take David bell who I honestly thought Mike was going to take him in the first round. We didn't really talk about that at all. Um, You know, get your guy. Like David bell is a killer. He is has all of the benchmarks of a successful wide receiver in the NFL, besides being a freak athlete, but there's plenty of great NFL wide receivers who aren't freak athletes Dominator rating breakout age, college production at the highest level doesn't have great draft capital but day two i think is fine so i felt really pumped to get david bell there i think i had him in the is like my 15th overall so getting him and rashad white at two seven and two eight felt really good to me either of you have any thoughts on on that on those group of picks
2: i, I mean, i'm a huge fan of rashad white um if I like hadn't been able to make a deal with Brian at two two, White's probably who I would have taken if I had kept two six pick. Um, but I like like you said. I think he's got very. I mean, he's the best pass, catch, pass catching running back I think of the entire class. Um, so I think he can provide a need, especially like if you know you know injuries happen. I think he's got a really good chance to be the guy um, behind Fournette. I'm gonna be honest. I was very, very happy you took David Bell um, at two eight because it allowed me to get my guy uh, at two nine. Because um, I just knew he wasn't gonna make it there to to three two. Um, but no, I agree. I love I love David Bell. I think he's a you know a feel good story for the league. I I want him to be successful in the NFL it just also kind of sucks that I have to cheer for him and he's going to end up playing on your team, but it's all, it's whatever.
1: <laughs> what do
0: you think, Brian? Any thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily as high on Rashad White as you guys, but I, uh, I think he's, I, I do agree that he's the best between him and Spiller and Pierce. Um, David Bell, obviously love David Bell, but uh, I think it's a, a another smart pick, you know, in that range. I think it you know makes sense with what was left on the board. So yeah, I, I, I get both of them. Like, if, like I said earlier, I really like Tolbert and Pierce. So I also would have taken them here, but I don't think either of those are bad picks.
0: Yeah. Honestly, if David Bell would have gone earlier, it might've been Tolbert. I was kind of between Tolbert and McBride at this point. Um, Just, but I just didn't, I waiting on those tight ends. I feel like is, it's not something I really want to spend my time doing in my tight end room is fine. So if David Bell wouldn't have been there, it probably would have been Tolbert, but I just was like, we're, we're crap shooting in the second round. Tolbert yep. has a great profile too, you know, why not just go like root for, pick a guy who you seriously want to root for at like a very appropriate place to draft him. So it felt like the, a good combination of all of those things, Matt, you're mentioning you got Tolbert at 2.8. I think that's a, a fine pick. I I think maybe what's more interesting too, is just Alec Pierce falling to the very end of the second round, um, productive receiver in college. But you know, maybe I would have taken him over like a Damian Pierce or Isaiah Spiller, but I don't know about anybody before him. If it's like definitive, like Alec Pierce should go above these people and um, maybe a, a steal by Mike to get him there. But I feel like he kind of falls in that Christian Watson, like not, super productive in college. So a little bit harder to forecast out what he'll be like in the NFL. I I think,
2: I think from Mike's standpoint, I feel like he has to be happy. Like, you know, after making that deal with Brian to see Alec Pierce at two ten. um, you know, like Brian's mentioned, like I think Pierce has a pretty good track to be involved very early in the Colts offense, obviously, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, um, I don't know how much passing are we going to do, but you bring in a guy like Matt Ryan, who's used to just like slinging the ball all over the place, spreading the wealth. Um, you know, attention's going to be on Michael Pittman. Um, I like Pierce um, a lot. I just, for me personally, I was higher on Tolbert. I've I've been really high on Tolbert from the very beginning and kind of like that early third, late second kind of tier. So, um, but like I said, if Mike can be happy about one thing, it's so that Pierce made it all the way down to
0: 210. Yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts, Brian?
1: Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I'm high on Pierce. I think he's somebody that has, you know, pretty immediate playing time, and in the second round, that's hard to come by. So, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to take a flyer on. Yeah, agree. So, just to recap,
0: in the second round, we had George Pickens, James Cook, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller, Christian Watson, Desmond Ritter, Rashad White, David Bell, Jalen Tolbert, Alec Pierce. In our 5-5 mock, we had David Bell, James Cook, Alec Pierce, Sky Moore, Malik Willis, Rashad White, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Spiller. So it's been it's interesting to see how Dotson and Pickens kind of started climbing. I feel like we were really out on them after the draft, and I feel like they kind of slowly worked their way up. So interesting to see. We're not going to go in, in, a, in a ton of detail. Maybe we each pick... Um, oh, so one person from the third round who you're excited about favorite. it can be your guy yeah it can be your guy it can be somebody else's guy um I'll go first actually so probably my favorite pick in the third round was Brian getting Trey McBride at 3.5 that was a lot of value I think I think he's a second round talent without a doubt the best tight end in the draft the fact that Jelani Woods went two picks after him is insane because McBride is so much better than Jelani Woods um, so I felt like that was the highest value pick in the second round. And then I'll also shout out my pick, Wandale Robinson. I fucking love Wandale. He is like Rondale Robinson, is what, what I'm going to be calling him because he is literally the exact same build as Rondale Moore. Tiny little guys, good draft capital. Um, so I was so pumped to get Wandale at 3.1 that I drafted him in our other dynasty league that we started. I absolutely love Juan Dale. He's incredibly small and small NFL players don't do great, but you know, we'll see what happens. Matt, who were your, who were your favorite picks of the third or fourth round? If you had one Personally, I thought the fourth round was kind of bad in this draft. So as it probably is in most.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, my favorite picks of the back two. Uh, my first one is on good taking uh, Romeo. However, you say his last name. I call him Romeo dubs. Uh, pick, uh, you know, we look at obviously Christian Watson being in green Bay as well. And like the kind of uncertainty, um, with the wide receiver room there, um, you know, dubs being in Nevada, a smaller school, he was the go-to guy for Carson strong. Um, I thought he profiled pretty well, just obviously with like, as deep of a wide receiver class as this is, he just kind of like fell into the bottom of the radar Um, but especially to get him at the back end of the third, um, I think is really good value. He was a guy I was hoping would potentially fall. Like if I had kept that fourth round pick, like that was my guy in the fourth. So, um, I love, love that pick. And then the other one, um, I really enjoy is actually the very last pick. Um, Daniel Bell. I was going
1: to say that too. Dang it.
2: Um, I like in terms of the tight, I was shocked that Colin didn't go Bellinger and that he went Dolchich, um, you know, Greg out of UCLA, like had a crazy combine and tested overly well. But, um, you know, with Ingram not in New York anymore, like Bellinger is going to be the starter for the Giants and, you know, in a realm where. It's, uh, you know, outside of the top four or five tight ends, it's a crapshoot between, like, literally six through 32. If you have a starter, you know, that can be some pretty good value for Tommy. And, you know, if, I mean, assuming he plays well or whatever, like, that's a long-term piece. And I just think, like,
1: to get that at the very, very last pick, um, I was impressed. Right? Yeah, right. I think um, y- y- you guys have mostly hit on all of my favorites. The two that um, – I guess I'll go three that I – that I, that stand out to me are two for Matt. So the Tyler Algier pick at three, two, um, especially because I think, um, with him having Cordell Patterson, it fits on his team pretty well. Um, and Algier seems to be off to a pretty start. strong start. Um, I love the Malik Willis pick, uh, obviously in previous, uh, iterations of this pot, I'd taken Malik Willis one, one. So I'm a big believer, but, uh, so, to get him at 3 3 is big value, boys. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I like that pick. You know, always good to have kind of a project quarterback. And then um, I really liked my pick of Tyrion Davis Price at 4 1, just so not because I necessarily believe in him, but just because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have Elijah Mitchell and, you know, if something happens to Elijah Mitchell. It seems like he's the one that's stepping up. So, um, but yeah, I, I think otherwise pretty, you know, nothing to write
0: home about. Cool. Well, yeah, I think we're done on draft talk. Maybe real quick. We'll do a winner and a loser. Each of us will give, maybe we'll go who's your winner first and then we'll go loser. Brian, Brian, who's your, who's your big winner of this draft?
1: Um, I would say, I I think Matt's probably my big winner. I think, um, Kenneth Walker is a really strong pick. Um, I think James, you know, doubling down with James Cook is is a smart decision, especially with what was left on the board. And then him walking away with Jalen Tolbert, Tyler and Malik Willis, um, all feel like, you know, pretty good value at that 2-3 turn. So to me, that that one stands out as one that was, you know, one of the stronger drafts.
0: My winner is Brian Henn. Um, getting your your guy without having to really give up much, um, is that's, that's a great draft and not taking picket at two. Also great. I think that would have been a bad decision. So you kind of got really everything you wanted for quarterbacks. You got a really good wide receiver. I feel like at first when I saw that you had like traded all of your first round picks, I was a little bit surprised. Cause I was like, Oh, I feel like this works well for your strategy. But after draft night, I think you got the best of both worlds by, getting rid of some of those picks, but still getting the guys that you really wanted. So it's Brian for me. What about you, Matt?
2: Um, I'll give a different person from what you guys said. Honestly, I think if I had to put like a third person in a winning category, mm-hmm. I would say Austin. I know Austin didn't have many picks. I'm just, I think I love, you know, looking back on, I love the aggression of going Olave um, at one seven. Um, he didn't have a second round pick, uh, but he snuck back into the third round with Zamir White, um, who, you know, watching some of the the Hall of Fame game tonight, Zamir White doesn't look bad. Like Josh Jacobs does have injury history, and nobody really likes Kenyon Drake all that much. So I think he has the ability to be useful um either now or in the future. So um I think that Zamir White pick was solid, and then um Jelani Woods. I mean, I thought that I was surprised the Colts even drafted Jelani Woods. Um, but if they're gonna invest that kind that like that kind of value in a tight end, I feel like he's gonna be used quite a bit. Um, so I just think those three, but the big thing for me from Austin was going to Olave at seven. I think that's what kind of set him up above for me.
0: Who's your loser, Matt?
2: (sighs) Um Honestly, my biggest loser of the draft is, I mean, I I realized he only had two picks. I was just disappointed in what we did, what he did with the two picks. And that's Colin. Now there's not a whole lot you can do at three, nine or two, nine, whatever you pick three, nine and four, nine, like picks, you know, 29 and 39 Um, really didn't think he would go John Mechie just because I don't know, like the whole, not to be a Debbie Downer with it, but the whole cancer thing I think is tough. Like obviously, like Angud mentioned, it's a very treatable form of cancer, but he did also say like if he had caught it late, like he like would be dead like pretty quickly. So I don't know. Just like that lingering over Mechie. he's also coming off of a like a leg injury on top of that. Um, that just is kind of like multiple red flags for me. And like I said, I don't I don't hate him going tight end. I just wouldn't have taken Dolchich right there. I think you take a flyer. If you're going to go tight end, I would have gone to Bellinger or I would have taken a flyer on somebody else. Um, Like Isaac Pacheco, for example, especially since like Colin put in a bunch of fab money. Yeah, for real. You know, he had to outbid for that when I don't think anybody really would have bid on Dolchich. So I think there were some missed opportunities for him.
0: Yeah, I like Dolchich. I think he's pretty good. Um, But I can definitely see you know, not making the most of your pace. It's hard to want to do a scouting when you only have like a 3.9 and 4.9. Right. Well, and Denver's got that Albert. Oh, however the heck you say. Oh, Oh Kong. Yeah. I'm so out on him. I don't even want to get started on him. I don't understand any of the hype, (laughs) but yeah, I think um, for my loser of this draft, I, you know, I think it's tough because I think you would probably be like, Oh, Josh is definitely going to say Mike is the loser of the draft, but I really think there's a world in which Garrett Wilson and Jameson Williams are the two best receivers from this draft. Like I think Wilson Williams, even I know Sky Moore is probably a tier behind, but Wilson Williams, London Burks, I think they're all kind of in that same tier. There's just kind of a more short-term opportunity piece. And so I think getting those two, Is good value as well as Sky Moore. Obviously not great with what happened with Kenny Pickett. Personally, I'm not loving the draft for Ongood is my pick. Um, Jahan Dotson, I am just like not – he's fine. Great, Good draft capital. Washington is just like a a dumpster fire. Everybody thinks Terry McLaurin is good, but yet he's never put a better year than like a mid-wide receiver two year together. Um, And so being the second wide receiver behind Terry McLaurin and still competing with Curtis Samuel, um, I don't think he has a great production profile in college either that lends itself to being a strong NFL performer. And then going Isaiah Spiller at 2-4, I think it's a reach. I think he could have gotten him later on, and I don't know if he really fits the needs of that team. Personally, I would have taken a flyer on Christian Watson, Jalen Tolbert, Alec Pierce, one of those guys. um, You know, I think that team probably a home run hit is what's best. And Isaiah Spiller's kind of a weird safe pick um, at that point with, I think p- pretty low upside. I'll say it. I mean, maybe he ends up becoming the starter and I eat my words, but you know, Eckler's the guy. And if he goes down, I think there's still competition for who's second, given the draft capital that's been spent there. So that would probably be my other, my other pick. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Romeo dubs is a, is a good pick in the third round, but I don't want to get carried away in camp hype about who's actually good. And it's really easy to do that, but bad draft capital, fine production profile in college, nothing crazy. So I don't really feel like that makes up for kind of what I feel like was a waste of your first two picks in the the second round. So that, those are my thoughts.
1: I would say uh, my, my big loser of the night was Sloan because he didn't get to participate at all. <laughs> Um, And I just want to I just want to recap here. Uh, So, you know, after after all of us made uh, made these picks and and I would say, you know, for some of us significantly improved our rosters for for most of us, you know, at least made made slight improvements. Um, Sloan's walked out with Kyle Phillips.
0: Hey, I lo- you've been seeing some tape on Kyle Phillips, Brian. Have you I, been I ever have you been seeing him cooking?
1: There there's a reason that he was not picked in the first 40 <laughs> picks of our draft though. He got rookie monster mean, Chigozim, for
0: Okonkwo. I don't think anybody saw going. <laughs> uh, that is another uh, ding on ongoods picks. Taking taking Chigozim over Greg Dulcich <laughs> or Daniel Bellinger. Sorry, sorry Brian. I'm done anyway.
1: in. My favorite acquisition of Sloan's was obviously Xander Horvath for sixty nine dollars. That was <laughs> that was a really sly move, <laughs> but I just I have to give him a hard time. He and I are uh, complete opposites on how we view the draft. So for me, the big loser is the guy that walked away with a bunch of waiver wire pickups. So yeah,
0: did you guys have a favorite player that was added after the draft? I will do that and then. I'll close with, I have our first mock draft that we did. I have it pulled up. And so that'll be like our little closing thing. I think it'll be fun to compare to that. Who is your favorite waiver at Brian?
1: Honestly, I know I just bashed on him. Probably Calvin Austin. Um, I feel like Calvin Austin has gotten a, In Sloan took him for, the, for those that don't know. So I, I feel like he's, uh, you know, explosive athlete got a chance. It is a crowded wide receiver room Pittsburgh. So, you know, it may take a year or two for him to, to really get some time, but I was a big Calvin Austin fan. And I think in previous mocks, I'd taken him in the third round. So, um, I think that's a pretty good pickup. What about you, Matt? Um, I really like, I mean, I, I really like the
2: Isaac Pacheco pickup by Colin. I think he was worthy enough to consider the back end of the fourth. Um, you know, obviously Sloan put out major money for Austin, um, but I thought Pacheco – and I was very iffy on, like, how much money do we even put out on this because I wanted to save Fab for a potential, like, injury to need to pick up somebody that's not a rookie. So I don't want to invest crazy amounts, but I like Pacheco
0: a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Pacheco is a good pick, um, and that is why I didn't want to make Colin the – I, I, you know, I, I would I didn't love his picks, but I thought his waiver ads were awesome. I mean, my, my player is going to be Pierre strong. I think you never know what Bill Belichick is going to do with that backfield. Um, And strong, you know, has a decent production profile. He's another fourth round running back pick. So it's not, you know, he's in the same draft capital level of, of people who were drafted in the early second round. So I think, I like it taking a flyer there. Somebody goes down, Damien Pierce, probably not going to get re-signed. Who knows what happens with Ramondre. So I think it's a fun flyer to pick, but I think both of the people that you guys said were good as well. Well, cool. I think that wraps up our draft coverage. I fucking love the draft. Thanks to both of you for the effort you put in and Sloan for putting in the, uh, you know, doing, making the graphic, doing the sounds, announcing the picks. It was a lot of fun. I was a little hesitant to have you host the draft at first because I didn't think you would know who anybody was, but um, it was nice to be able to focus more on the draft rather than have to worry about hosting it. So it was great to have somebody with no picks host. So I will close today. We'll obviously say our goodbyes at the end, so don't you worry, guys. With our first mock draft um, that we had before the draft, we have our 20 picks here. And that'll be It's fun. First, Malik Willis. <laughs> first overall going above Brees Hall Banger. Second, Drake London third Kenny Pickett fourth Kenneth Walker fifth Traylon Burke sixth Desmond Ritter seventh Garrett Wilson eight Jameson Williams nine Olave ten Isaiah Spiller eleven David Bell twelve Matt Corral thirteenth Jahan Dotson fourteenth George Pickens fifteenth Rashad White, 16th, Christian Watson, 17th, Sam Howell, 18th, Trey McBride, 19th, and Sky Moore, finishing up the draft as number 20. And shouts to Matt Kinney because he really did call it a little bit of Sky Moore um, at the 20th pick. He he was on that a little bit before before it happened. So that was a that was a good pick by you, Matt Kuiper. That thoughts? was awesome. Yes, it's fun. It's I'm glad we did it. It's so fun to be able to look back on, like, four quarter five quarterbacks going in the top 20 and uh yeah. it could have been one i you know ritter probably was going to go in the top 20 but there's a there's a world so
1: yeah
0: well cool well i know Crazy. it's 12 15 where you guys are at thanks to both of you so much i have loved doing these off-season podcasts with you talking draft i've been so into the draft it has been easily the most fun nfl off-season of my entire life so I'm and glad this I was even there. a bad draft it was. Next Just year's going to be we, fucking crazy, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: we're waiting to wait until next year when we literally have, like, four quarterbacks that could go in, like, the top five picks. Like, what nonsense yeah. ensue from there?
0: Yeah, I will get to forecast all 10 of Mike's top 20 picks and see who he's really God. interested in, which will be quite a fun time. I'm sure those 23 firsts will be hard to come by in the meantime. But either way... It's been great talking with you guys. Love the off season. Maybe we'll do one more before the season starts, but appreciate the time from both of you in a late night on a Thursday. It's Sir. been
1: an honor to be uh, an off season host. Can't wait to pass back to Sloan and get to hear all of his in-depth analysis. Yeah. Excited, excited
2: for my off season to come up where I don't have to <laughs> researching so many people and I can just play football. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited to have you back, Sloan. I'm going to miss you guys. I'm sure you'll be listeners of the pod, so you'll probably come on during the regular season. Thanks to everybody. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys later. See you guys.